0: Seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer?
1: So I didn't kill him every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, mm, I'm gonna okay. kill If I did, there well, would be. Well, it took you 12 months. And then he brings up Rex again, and that's when I just looked at him and I started If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Is, uh, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Danny. How are you doing?
0: Good. Looking forward to today's episode. It's been a little while since we recorded.
1: Yeah, it has, actually. But how are you? Good. Nothing exciting.
0: It has been kind of a slow month, hasn't it?
1: It has. Yeah. There's still something in my attic. (laughs) That's still (laughs) happening. (laughs) We're going to call an exterminator on Monday.
0: (laughs) Just buy a cat.
1: Then what? What do I do with a cat?
0: You put it in the attic.
1: Okay, then what?
0: The cat wins and then the problem solved. You now have a cat or the cat loses and...
1: Gets rabies. Gets rabies. (laughs) Anyways, well, we have an exterminator. So hopefully some professional will be able to (laughs) figure out what it is in our attic. Because I don't know if it's a rat anymore.
0: (laughs) Watch it be like a raccoon or a possum. Oh, wait, actually, once it was a beehive in my parents' old house.
1: Did you know I'm allergic to bees?
0: No, but that seems really unfortunate (laughs) because there are a lot of bees in the world.
1: I don't think it's a bee. It definitely sounds like something scurrying. So I don't think it's a bat, but we also have like five different kinds of rat traps and it hasn't caught anything. So I'm like, is it a rat? I don't know.
0: Could be too big for a a trap.
1: Holy shit. Raccoon. Oh, I was thinking Possibly? like a really fat rat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess it could be a really fat rat. It's living off dog food, getting swole.
1: I don't know what it could be. It's not in our house at all. It's just in the attic. There's like the only food up there is in the traps. So I think it's just like living there at night and leaving during, no, other way, living there during the day and leaving at night to go get food. I don't know. Okay.
0: Wait, is the food from the traps missing? No. Huh. Yeah. It's a person.
1: <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Yeah. So that's. Wait,
0: tough. No, but but once when when I was a kid at my parents' old house, I walked into my bedroom one day and there was a bee buzzing around. And I like couldn't make sense of where this bee came from. And I noticed on the ceiling there was a hole and oh, there was fuck. bees coming out of it. <gasps> And I, I got some kind of spray and just like sprayed no. it all up in there. It seemed to resolve the issue. And then <laughs> weeks later, out of curiosity, I like poked at the hole and I made the hole bigger and like a bunch of dead bees came out.
1: What did you spray?
0: I, fr- I forget. It was some, like some kind of ant killer.
1: Oh, okay. Like raid.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it did the trick.
1: Wow. But that... we never
0: called an exterminator.
1: Like it gave solving problems.
0: Modern solution. No, modern problems require <laughs> modern solutions.
1: Maybe I just need to take like, you know, those foggier fogger bomb things.
0: Oh, wait. Like, take
1: a bunch of those, throw them in the attic.
0: Like the ones that actually like release uh, smoke over time? <laughs> Why not actually?
1: I don't know. What if it starts a fire? I don't know. <laughs> I'm so paranoid.
0: You have insurance.
1: It's true. Because <laughs> we could probably be happy if our house See,
0: there you go. And you'd have a good reason. There was a pest or and or a person living in your attic and you feared for your life.
1: Anyways, how are you?
0: Good. I've been applying for jobs. So for those of you who are tuning in for the first time. Gabe's
1: always applying to jobs.
0: I'm always applying to jobs just to <laughs> flex on people. Uh, I, I run, my, run my own business, so I'm, I'm actually pretty content where I'm at, but I'm always looking for opportunity. I mean, you know, for the right price, right? We'd all move jobs
1: benefits health insurance
0: exactly yeah paying for your own health insurance is not fun
1: mm-hmm.
0: but one of the places i applied to so i in every interview asking the question you know is there anything i've said or you've read in my resume that makes you think i can't do the job part of it is a flex because i've been doing this for 10 years mm-hmm. and part of it is genuine
1: no like, that's actually a really good question if i do job interviews for our company mm-hmm. like i Run them, and nobody's ever asked that question.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's and it's. I think it's a solid question because it is, yeah. I want to know if there's anything I can improve upon.
1: Yeah,
0: and most of the time, so before my corporate experience, they would they would say, "Well, you know, it'd be nice if you had some corporate experience." And, <laughs> and you're like, "I got that." Yeah, so I I got that. <laughs> and now the person I was interviewing with most recently, like two days ago, she said, "As podcasting becomes a bigger and bigger." marketing channel it'd be nice if you had some podcasting experience
1: oh snap. so I
0: tell her I, I do I co-host a podcast and we just hit you know 15,000
1: downloads
0: 16 16 as of today 16,000 downloads and she was like what that's not on your resume and I was like oh yeah like I don't want you to listen to it <laughs> but, but I do it's just a
1: hobby yeah
0: <laughs> but but I do co-host one Yeah. And so I I got that locked down as well.
1: Yeah. Did you tell her like you edit it? You have all that experience too? Yep. Nice. What
0: they're really looking for is someone who knows about the marketing side of things. So so I told her like uh, specifically like uh, getting sponsors. Mm -hmm. So I told her, you know, that's on the way.
1: Yeah. like We've talked about it.
0: Yeah. Like if if we get to, you know, a larger amount of downloads per per episode. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll be pushing Glade trash bags or Tylenol here.
1: Maybe some bleach. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> some rat poison.
1: <laughs> Arsenic. <laughs> hey,
0: whatever works. Mm-hmm. All your pest control needs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so funny. Wow, that's wild. That's new. Yeah. I've never heard of somebody asking about podcasting.
0: Yeah, same. I mean, you know, I have, of course, limited job interview experience. I've done less than like a dozen in my whole life.
1: I've done five. Yeah. And I've gotten every job, so. Really? Every yeah. job? Yeah. Huh.
0: Have, have you ever turned one down?
1: No, because if I'm going to do an interview, it's because I want the job. I'm not like you. I don't oh, just yeah. <laughs> just apply to every job.
0: I just I wish I applied to every job. What I do is I go to LinkedIn and I set my parameters on, like, it has to be remote. The pay has to be pretty mm-hmm. solid and it has to allow for certain other things. And then I only easy apply. Mm. I, I don't do cover letters. I have a portfolio website so I'm like if you, if you want to know what I do like, there's a site with all my case studies and you see me writing at length about how, how I do things if that's not good enough then we're not a right fit anyway
1: yeah I agree I'm fine with that <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> it's what you need
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome about that's about it on my end
1: that's so funny you're just like got this one
0: yeah I mean it, it, I'd never had someone bring up podcasting before but yeah. now i can check that box
1: you should add it to your resume
0: but then, then i'd have to mention the podcast name
1: why no, wouldn't just be like co-host to a podcast <laughs> <laughs>
0: and they'd be like but then they would definitely even if they didn't care about podcasting at all they're going to ask during the interview or trying to find podcast. it yeah. yeah and i'd be like well don't listen to it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's not super professional
0: exactly yeah. maybe we should maybe we should like wear ties one day
1: Okay. And then. I'll wear wear like a suit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anything new with you besides killing your bats and or intruder who's a human?
1: No, not really. You know, I really feel like there was something I wanted to tell you. No, I don't remember. So it must not have been that important.
0: It probably didn't matter.
1: Yeah. Just like life. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of death. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And life and the fading of it. (laughs) What do you have for us this week?
1: So, what is the next holiday that is coming up?
0: Um, Valentine's Day.
1: Yes, and I got us a killer couple,
0: like Bonnie and Clyde. Did they kill? Did they kill? No, they just I, killed. I know they were. I know they were killed.
1: Oh well, I have no idea actually, but yeah, like Bonnie and Clyde, except <laughs> murderers. <laughs> But they also stole, so like Bonnie and Clyde.
0: Oh, look at that. Look at me (laughs) hitting the nail on the head.
1: I mean, like, why else do people murder?
0: That's true. It really does seem to be either, to generalize here, men kill for, like, some sort of sexual motivation and women kill for financial gain. Mm -hmm. I think women have the better idea here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. These killers actually have a name that was given to them by the media. You ready for this? Bonnie and Clyde? No, the ones I'm going to talk about. Oh, okay. Ready? <laughs> yeah. The Lonely Hearts Killers.
0: Oh, did, did they kill single people?
1: Is that not perfect for Valentine's Day? It is. Yeah.
0: But now I'm wondering who they who they killed. Did they catfish people and then kill them?
1: God damn it, Gabe. What? Spoilers. Oh. I, have a, I have a whole thing that I'm going to go through. <laughs> and you just like ruined that's the story. That's the whole story and you just took it away. It's fine. Okay. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you guys might as well stop listening now. Okay? Away. <laughs> so we're going to start with Martha. Her name is Martha Beck. And she was born in May of 1919 in Florida.
0: Okay. Wow. This was a while back. Yes. Okay. I assumed by catfishing, it would be a little more recent. <laughs>
1: No, it was a night. <laughs> well, she was born in 1919. She had a difficult life, start to life, I guess. And her mom was super controlling. Her father left them when Martha was 10. She was constantly made fun of due to her weight. She was super, she was, I don't want to be mean. She was overweight due to a glandular problem. think mm-hmm. it was like a legit health issue. Yeah. She says she was sexually assaulted during her trial. She says as a child at the age of 10, she was sexually assaulted by her brother. And she told her mom and her mom reacted by beating her and telling it was her fault. So, tough childhood. She ends up going to school for nursing and... She finishes school, and this was the, still the early 1900s, and women weren't treated super well and like people, and she says she had a really hard time getting work because she was overweight.
0: Mm. I mean, that happens today. Yeah,
1: it does. So she eventually ends up getting a job not doing exactly what she wants. She prepared women's bodies for burial. So like in a... um. What's it called? Uh, A funeral home? Yep, there you go. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) And she ends up quitting and moving to California to work in an army hospital as a nurse.
0: Not bad, yeah. That could be cool.
1: Mm -hmm. And here, she became sexually adventurous. (laughs) She starts going out to bars and bus stops to meet men and have casual sex. Super scandalous at this time. Like, very scandalous. I'm going to hell. Mm. She probably did, but for other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> she eventually gets pregnant, but the baby daddy refuses to marry her. And apparently, he was so against having to marry her that he tries to commit suicide. What? Yeah. He was like, wow, I done messed up here. And tries to commit suicide, and she's like, okay, this isn't going to work, and she moves back to Florida, and she comes up with this story about how she married the baby daddy, the soldier, but he had gone to war and died in, it was World War II, and died, and so she says she was a widower, and because she lived in a small town in Florida where everybody gossiped and everything. And so they're all like, oh no, you poor thing, and give her all the sympathy, you know?
0: Wait, if this was World War II, then she had her kid when she was like 30, like mid to late
1: 30s? (laughs) Math. What year is World War II? 1930, right?
0: The late, well, it depends, because the US didn't get involved until the 40s.
1: And she was born in 1919, so like 20s
0: to 30s? Okay, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So she ends up having a baby girl. And she gets a job in a hospital. And then she meets a bus driver named Alfred Beck. And Mr. Beck was a bus driver. And they ended up getting married very quickly because she got pregnant. And then they end up divorcing six months later because Alfred was like, I can't do this. And he bails. He gets on his bus and just leaves. And... She ends up having a boy. So now she has two children and no partners. And her coworkers are all like, they feel bad about it. They feel bad for her. So one of her coworkers, it's speculated that this was a prank. So they put her on the mailing list for Lonely Hearts ads. So she receives this ad and it's like, hey, like send in a letter to this, like, magazine or newspaper where you can put an ad for yourself. It's pretty much like um match.com or Tinder or like any online dating sites, but it was in a newspaper. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so she gets this ad and she's like, well, why not? So she puts an ad out and she starts posting them in nineteen forty seven. So how old is she game?
0: She would be forty
1: eight. No. She was born in 1919.
0: No, wait, 47, 20, 20 27, <laughs> 28. she be 28. Okay. I was way off on the math before then. She wasn't 31 when she had a kid. She was like 21.
1: Okay. Well, actually at one point, it says that due to her glandular problem, she started like, what's the word? Where you like mature, like you go through puberty. She went through puberty really easy, early. Okay. And like... Yeah, I don't know. I guess it fucked with her. So anyways, she puts this ad out and like every day she goes and looks for responses and nobody responds. And then she gets a response from a guy named Raymond Martinez Fernandez. And Raymond was born in December of 1914 to Spanish parents. So he is five years younger than her. Nice. He ended up having four kids in Spain with his wife. So he was born in America with his parents. His parents, like, immigrated from Spain. But then he went back to Spain, found a wife, had four kids there. And he comes to back to America during World War II. And he came back to find a job here. And he's described as, like, really friendly and nice and normal. But then when he's on the ship to America, a steel hatch falls on his head and fractures his skull, injuring his frontal lobe. What does the frontal lobe do, Gabe?
0: It handles executive function and reasoning.
1: What does that mean? Impulse control. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just, like. That kind of thing. Yeah. It's thought that the damage affected his social and sexual behavior. And it also left him with a really gnarly scar on his head. And his lush head of hair went away. He started balding.
0: Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because
1: I don't think hair grows where scars are, right? No. Yeah. So he gets to America and immediately just steals some clothing and he later says it was like he just couldn't control himself hence you know frontal lobe damage impulse control right so he gets caught and he goes to jail and while in jail his cellmate teaches him voodoo and he later claims that this is what gave him his power and charm over women
0: I i mean did he have power and charm over women
1: I don't know. We'll find out, Gabe. We'll find (laughs) out. (laughs) So, he gets out of prison, and he starts answering these personal ads. So, he's living with his parents at this point. And he starts answering these personal ads from the Lonely Heart part of the newspaper. And he would meet with the women and steal their money, or he would go and end up, like, going to their house and stealing their possessions and... The women would be too embarrassed to report him because they like fell for this scam and invited this man over and that was uh, not what you're supposed to do and yeah, that kind of thing. So back to 1947, he answers an ad for Martha Beck, the woman we were just talking about. Raymond writes to her. Okay, so at this point he ends up, using all that money that he stole from women and stuff and he gets an apartment (laughs) in new york and he writes back to martha and he's like i live in new york and i work in import and export trade and i'm a businessman who's made a lot of money doing this and so they correspond for a little bit and martha's like come meet me and blah 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 and ram's like okay and so he goes and he meets Martha and she is like smitten and desperate. Not to be mean, but <laughs> I mean, she has two kids, you know, like she wants and he's the only one who's responded to her ad. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: Why, why would that be though?
1: What do you mean?
0: Like, It's not like you can physically see her in the newspaper ad.
1: Yeah. I would be curious to see what her ad said. I have a feeling it wasn't great like maybe she was trying too hard i don't know yeah. so martha is around 200 pounds and she's not considered attractive for the time she ends up being fired from her job at the children's hospital I don't know why so she was actually really good at her job and within six months she went from being like a normal nurse to a supervisor she's doing really well And she says that she was fired because of her being with Raymond while they were unwed.
0: Really? Wow.
1: That's what she says during her trial. So I don't know. I mean, like, it's totally possible it was, what, 1947?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had cases crop up now where certain business owners... There was a case on Reddit that blew up. It was the owner of of a small business. He wanted to fire one of his female employees who was got pregnant out of wedlock. Oh, shit. And he was like, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm running a Christian company. Like, how can I fire her, you know, without saying it's because you're pregnant out of wedlock? Because that would open me up to lawsuits.
1: Yeah, because that's illegal. Yeah. Now. Yep. <laughs> it and wasn't people back People then, on Reddit
0: but... were like, uh, one, you're a terrible person. Two, there is no legal way to do this.
1: That is so messed up.
0: Oh, yeah but so, so I, I yeah i 100 believe this happens especially back then
1: yeah i mean she wasn't pregnant at this point but
0: right i mean she was still m- with a guy out of yeah. bloodlocks so. more so someone being like i don't agree with your life choices that aren't hurting anyone but you know screw you so <laughs>
1: it's not the christian way yeah exactly nothing against christians here.
0: <laughs> nope <laughs> it's we, just
1: when people use it to like do stuff like this
0: yes which hardly happens
1: Exactly. So, anyways, she's like, Well, I'm fired and I have nothing keeping me here in Florida. It's hot and muggy. Let's move to New York where it's not hot and muggy.
0: Except for the summers.
1: <laughs> it's either freezing cold or hot and muggy. Yeah. So <laughs> she just goes and arrives at his door with her two kids and her belongings. And she's like, Hey, I was fired. <laughs> but we're going to get married, so it's fine. And he's like, what?
0: (laughs) Very bold of her.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So Raymond's like, okay, come on in. And he brings out all his Lonely Heart ads. And he's like, look, I do this to get money. It's a scheme. I steal from these women, and that's all it is. And she's like, okay, let me help you. (laughs) And he's like... Um, okay, but it's too complicated because you have two kids. Like, that's just going to hold us back. We can't steal from women if you have kids. You know, the kids is, it's gonna, nobody wants this, like, baggage.
0: Does she kill the kids?
1: <laughs> so she takes her kids and she goes and drops them off at her local Salvation Army. What? How old
0: are the kids? <laughs>
1: I should know, Liz. So wanna...
0: w- what year is this?
1: 47...
0: So she's 28 at this point.
1: 1919 and 47? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's 28. So they're both under 7.
0: So they're old enough to recognize my mother is dropping me off. (laughs) Yeah. That is awful.
1: Yeah. They do get adopted later to better families, hopefully. But anyways, so she just drops them off and she starts posing as Ray's sister and giving a false sense of security to the women who Raymond is meeting, because it's like, oh, there's another woman here who's his sister. Wait, but
0: isn't he a Spanish man? Yeah. And she's.
1: Uh, he doesn't look like they could pass as siblings, I guess. Okay, I'm just like. Or that. maybe they had a different mom. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen him though, and he doesn't look. Anyways, so <laughs> at this point. They would only steal from the woman. They'd meet up, take whatever, you know, like he was doing, but this time with Martha helping. Okay. And, like, also she'd pose as, like, a chaperone. So, like, it wasn't as scandalous for him to go into these people's houses or these women's houses or apartments or whatever. So there is this woman named Esther Hen who they conned out of a car and a couple hundred dollars. And luckily, she was, like, weirded out by this whole thing. So she ends up just bailing because they're trying to get her to sign over her, like, insurance stuff to them. Like, if she died or whatever.
0: As part of a date? Like, what is happening here?
1: Oh, no, no. She was staying with Ray, and she had been with him for a while. And they were like, we're going to get married. Okay. So he was con—it's a long—it's not, like, a long con. It was, like, within a month, but, like— Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, she's like, I don't know, this is sketchy. So, she ends up just leaving and leaves her car and leaves some money and they take that. But So, next was Myrtle Flynn. Myrtle met Raymond and his sister Martha, quote unquote sister, and they actually end up getting married, him and Myrtle, and they return to Raymond's apartment as husband and wife and... Since they were married, Myrtle's like, all right, it's time. We can do it. We can do the sex. (laughs) (laughs) And Martha's very against this. She's like, Raymond, you better not have sex with this woman. And it got so bad that they end up drugging Myrtle and putting her on a bus back to her hometown in Arkansas. Because they're like, because Martha's freaking out. She's like, Raymond, don't you dare do this. (laughs) Raymond's like, what are we supposed to do? So they drug her and they steal $4,000 from her and then they put her on what? this bus.
0: <laughs> Why was she carrying four grand?
1: I think they used her, either her checkbook or something to like get the money from her account.
0: Oh, okay, got She it. wasn't
1: just carrying it in cash. <laughs> so.
0: I don't believe in banks, Danny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Neither do I. <laughs> so, unfortunately, they like... Are like me, and they can't do math, and they gave her way too many drugs. Oh, no. And she ends up dying. So, next, they respond to a Janet Faye and her ad, and she comes into the picture in 1949. So, Janet is older. She's 66. Very religious. And... Ray responds to her ad and goes to stay in her Long Island apartment with Martha to act as chaperone. Because, you know, she's religious and they're respecting that. (laughs) Respecting. And right now the source... Okay. So the sources kind of contradict here. Some say that Martha walked in on Raymond sleeping with Janet. And others say that Janet Janet was coming on to Raymond... And it was making Martha uncomfortable and jealous. Either way, something happened to make Martha jealous and she loses it. So later on during the trial, she says she just like blacked out. Like she does not remember what happened. So what did happen is that she grabbed a hammer and bashes Janet's head in. However, this does not kill Janet. She's still alive and groaning and... Ray comes out and he sees this half-dead Janet and he's like, Martha, what did you do? And Martha's like, I don't know. So he finishes the job and strangles her.
0: Wait, so this guy walks into a room, sees his fake sister (laughs) standing over Janet's body. Uh Janet's head is half-caved in and Martha's holding a bloody hammer and he's like, what happened? (laughs) See, this is how you know his his frontal cortex is damaged.
1: Well, no, not only is he like what happened, but then he's like, let me help you finish. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, what they do next is they take the body, they put it in a trunk, and they take it to his sister's house. And they're like, hey, girl, we have this (laughs) trunk here. Can you store it for us just for like a few days? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the sister's like, okay. And they're like, cool, don't open it. And she's like, "Okay,
0: Danny. if I were to take a trunk to your house and say, can you hold this for me, but don't open it, what would your reaction be?
1: I would totally do it. (laughs) I want to. You asked me not to open it. What if it's something personal? I'd be like, yeah, that's fine.
0: I mean, okay, this was clearly a personal item because it was proof of a murder they did. Yeah. But, but But still. I mean, come on. Would you open it? No, but I wouldn't open it if it was like, you know, a box. If it was a human-sized trunk. There's no way. And people came in a panic and they were like, hey, could you hold on to this human-sized trunk, but don't open it? Yeah. I'd at least be like, What's in the trunk?
1: (laughs) And what if they like, doesn't matter. It's personal.
0: I'd say, Okay, can you promise me it's not a human body? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I have a feeling Ray would be like, yeah, it's not a human body.
0: You probably would.
1: Yeah. I mean, come on. If somebody asked you to store something and not open it, you would totally do it.
0: it yes. It entirely depends on the size of the thing, though.
1: What? Okay. You, you could bring a coffin to my house and you could yeah. be like, can you hold this for a few days and not open it? And I'd be like, yeah, that's fine.
0: Well, Danny, the only reason I would bring a coffin to your house... Is if I I opened it and was like, look. (laughs) There's no bodies. There's no bodies in here. (laughs) For whatever reason, I was gifted a coffin and it makes for an interesting storage space.
1: Oh, my gosh. This makes me wonder if I'm too, like, I don't know, apathetic, I guess.
0: (laughs) You're like, I don't care. It's fine. I mean, like, no one would, you would for sure be questioned, like, as the person holding the Mm -hmm. body. But... You're not guilty of a crime if you don't, genuinely don't know what's in it. Yeah. And you don't open it.
1: They're just like, can you not open this? And you're like, okay.
0: Yeah. So, so I, so I sort of, like, it'd be one thing if you, if, like, let's say someone killed Anarchy or Kobe. hmm And then you went missing for a month. hmm And then you arrived at my doorstep with a coffin-sized trunk and we're like, can you hold this for a few days? <laughs> like... A part of me would wonder, like, okay, did you track down the killer and then kill them? And now you're trying to buy some time to figure out what to do with the body.
1: Then you would hold it and not open it, right?
0: So I'd be like, yeah, sure. I will hold, you know, this could be like any number of Danny's things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wink, wink. (laughs) But I would knowingly be like, I think there's a body in here.
1: (laughs) Would you call the police and report it?
0: Nope, because I have plausible deniability. I'm just holding a human-sized storage container for a friend, and it's personal, so she told me not to open it. The <laughs> a human-sized storage container. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my
1: gosh. This, okay, I really yeah. wonder. This reminds me. I remembered what I wanted to tell you. Oh, what is it? Should we tell a story in the middle of a story?
0: No, save it for the end. Okay,
1: uh, remind <laughs> me to tell you later. Okay. It is true. Oh, it's I texted you to remind me.
0: Oh, the... Like a
1: couple days ago.
0: Well, that was days ago. (laughs) How could I possibly remember that?
1: Okay. That has to do with trunks, kind of. It has to do with being dead, and I don't know how I'm still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, where were we? So the sister did what any good sister would do, what I would do, Mm -hmm. and didn't open it. (laughs) And a few days later, they come back and they pick up the trunk. And at this point, they have a rental house that they're renting. And they go into the basement. And a lot of time, a lot of basements back then were uh, just dirt bottoms. They're unfinished basements. It's just like a thing for like water. It's a thing. Anyways, they dig out the basement. They put the trunk in there. They cover it. And then they concrete over it. And they're like, okay, this is fine. And then they take a typewriter and they write a letter saying, pretending to be Janet. And they're like, quote, I am all excited and having the time of my life. I never felt as happy before. I will soon be Mrs. Martin and will go to Florida. Janet Fay. So at this point, Ray's pretending to be a man named Charles Martin who lives in Florida. And he's like, hey, I'm in imports and exports. I'm a (laughs) (laughs) businessman. And Janet, okay, they, they made a mistake. Janet doesn't know how to use a typewriter. So her family gets this letter from her and they're like, the hell? She doesn't know how to use a typewriter. And they get suspicious. So Martha and Raymond immediately move on. And at this point, Janet's family calls the police, but they bail and head to Michigan. And they correspond with a young woman named Delphine Downing. Who had lost her husband, so she's a widower. She has a two-year-old daughter named Raynell, and Mr. Charles Martin, aka Raymond, writes to Delphine as Charles and tells her that he will be in Michigan for work and would like to meet up, you know, work. He's like this big businessman who works in import, export, travels the whole nine yards, you know.
0: I, I gotta use that Going forward, <laughs> I work in imports and exports. But what I'm do you import? <laughs>
1: what do you export? Like
0: You know, imports. <laughs> I import imports and export exports.
1: <laughs> uh, it drives me crazy. I'm like, what are you saying? Like, import-export is a thing. Yes. But, like, usually they, like, specialize, right?
0: Yeah, they import imports. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways. So he's like, hey, my sister will be with me and... You know, it's totally fine. We could meet up and have a date. So they meet up and they, like, get to know each other. And Delphine's like, hey, do you want to come stay with me while you're in town? You know, your sister's here, so it's fine. And Ray's like, for sure, let's get to know each other. So they go, they get to know each other. He stays with them. And this whole time, he's pretending to be this Charles guy. He's wearing a toupee, by the way, because remember, he's like balding and has a massive scar. Yeah. So she Smart. sees this guy who's got this luscious head of hair, right? And he never tells her anything else. But then one day he's in the bathroom and Delphine walks in on him and he doesn't have his toupee yeah. on. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Deal breaker. Yeah. So he never told her about this accident. So she sees this man without his hair and she's like, feels betrayed and... The red flags are raising and she's like, oh, snap. What else did he lie to me about? He doesn't have hair. Like, what else is wrong?
0: What does that say about her that this was like the red flag that set everything in motion for her? I don't know.
1: (laughs) I mean, it would be weird, right? I'd be like, what? I mean,
0: yes, but see, there's like stories. But now I'm like, I can't say them in a public forum. (laughs) But... I don't know. This seems like if you saw someone without hair who had a scar, I would assume there was a decent reason.
1: To keep it. For why they're it's keeping personal. this. It's Yes.
0: I wouldn't just be like, how dare you not have hair, you monster?
1: <laughs> well, Delphine freaks out and mm. Martha comes and she's like, you got to calm down. It's fine. We can explain everything. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Here, take these sleeping pills. We'll talk after.
0: and she took them like
1: what no no we don't victim blame what no you just no what she feels safe she's freaking out somebody's like take these pills you'll feel better she's just trying to feel better
0: no yes no (laughs) you you walk into a room and you're suddenly like wow this person's been lying to me what else have they lied to me about and you're panicked because you realize you don't know this person. And that same person is then like, take these pills to relax. We'll talk tomorrow. No,
1: that person's sister.
0: Oh, okay. I missed that part. Is Martha. See, that's a little bit better.
1: Yeah. Because Martha comes in and she's like, I'm a girl. It's cool. We got that women vibe going on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. See, that helps. <laughs> it does help, actually. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she takes a sleeping pill and the child who lives with them, Raynell, is flipping out. Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't know what's happening. She just saw her mom flip out, and then now her mom's, like, passed out in bed. And she's like, what is happening? I'm crying like kids do. And Martha gets really angry and grabs the child and strangles her until she passes out. Raymond freaks out because he's like, Delphine, the mom's going to wake up and see the bruises on her kid's neck. And she's going to be like, what happened? And so... (laughs)
0: <laughs> just offer this her just, more sleeping pills. No,
1: this just like escalates like crazy. Yeah, I know. They should just be like, just sleep for a couple weeks until the person goes away. <laughs> no. Instead, Raymond does the logical thing, grabs a gun, and kills Delphine.
0: You can't say Raymond, the person with brain damage, <laughs> does the logical thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, the child is awake at this point and sees her mother murdered. And... They wrap the uh, Delphine in sheets. They carry her down to the basement. They dig a hole. And they dump her body in it. The child is awake and crying like crazy. She's not an infant. She's two years old. She knows something's wrong. Her mom is gone. There's blood. So they're like, child, just chill. And the child's not chilling, but they ignore her. And Raymond is... Dealing with burying the body. And Martha goes and cleans up the crime scene. And they stay in the house with Raynell, the child, for two days. Just, like, selling the stuff and trying to get checks to cash and looting the house. You know, that kind of thing. Yep. And this whole time, the kid's freaking out and won't stop crying. And ultimately, they're like, this is too much. So, Martha takes the kid... And so, when you dig out a basement, there's groundwater sometimes, you know? Hmm. Yeah. And, well, in wet climates. And so, this is Michigan, I think it's wet there, I don't know. So, they dug out, they had like a bunch of dirty groundwater and this, ugh, this just makes it so much worse. She takes the kid and she drowns her in the dirty water that had come up while they're digging out the basement.
0: Wow. So this is Martha?
1: Yeah. Like, she doesn't, like, fill up a bathtub with clean water. She just uses this dirty-ass water.
0: I mean, I don't know if it matters at that point. You're being drowned.
1: Part of it's just like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, seriously? And also, you didn't get rid of that nasty-ass water?
0: Also, I, I gotta say, I was... As the story was going... I was thinking, damn, I don't want this to be like mostly a Raymond thing where Martha just tags along. Mm-hmm. But she's been the brutal one here. Like Raymond was just conning people. Martha's over here, like mm-hmm. taking hammers to people yeah. and drowning them. Yeah. So so good pick.
1: Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> so after Craynell's murdered, they bury her next to her mom and then they go to the movies. As you do, yeah, as you do. They're like, hey, we have money to do this now. Yeah, why not? Uh, They come back to the house, and a few minutes later, there's a knock at the door, and it's a policeman. And the policeman's like, hey, like it's been reported that Delphine's like hasn't been out lately. Like, we just want to check up on things, and they're like, yeah, go ahead, check up. So please come in, and. They go down to the basement and they're like what's with this like new cement here and they're like um nothing it's fine and the police are like I don't know this is kind of weird and they actually like dig up the cement a little bit and they're like there's a fucking body here (laughs) (laughs) also Raymond and no Martha is using a real name at this point I think and Raymond's not and they're like that's weird you're not Charles you're Raymond so, like, there's, like, a lot of red flags the police are picking up on. And then they find this body. So they're like, uh, we're going to arrest you. And it's February 28th, 1949, a few days after Valentine's Day. And um, they immediately confessed everything. Wow. Mm-hmm. They, I, like, if I was them, i have been like, whoa. What? Yeah, th- there bet? was a body here. What? <laughs> I had <gasps> no idea. They just, they said they were, like, doing the basement. I don't know. Yeah. It was these construction people. <laughs> Anyways. Raymond's actually bragging. He's like, I'm no average killer. I did a lot of stuff and
0: Wait, but he didn't kill anyone. I guess he, no, he, he shot. He shot. He shot uh, Delphine
1: yes. and then he also strangled Janet to finish her.
0: Yeah, but she was dying. She
1: was dying. <laughs> it's not funny. Um okay. <laughs> they end up Raymond and Martha end up signing a 73-page confession to avoid Okay, so they're so stupid. They sign this confession to avoid being extradit- extradited to New York because New York has a death penalty and Michigan doesn't, and they want to avoid the electric chair, which is what they used back then and sounds painful. So they sign this confession and they confess to killing 17 women, but there's only these evidence of this four. The one with the drugs on the bus, Janet with the strangulation, and then Delphine and her daughter. And they end up going viral in the newspaper as the Lonely Hearts killers. The media just, like, attacks Martha way more than they do Raymond. Because she's, they called her fat, they called her Big Martha, they're like a 200-pound figure of wrath. This unattractive fat woman, like, oh, it's pretty mean. So, the governor of New York ends up calling whoever in the state of Michigan, and they create this deal where Michigan will waive the criminal charges for Delphine and Raynell, so that Martha and Raymond can be extradited to New York for the Janet Fay murder, and therefore get the death penalty. So apparently signing that 73-page confession was not a good idea and did not get them out of that.
0: Should have had a lawyer.
1: Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) So Raymond tries to throw Martha under the bus during the trial. He's like, I only signed that 73-page confession to try and help my sweetheart Martha. I just, like, didn't want her to end up in jail for longer than she needed and blah, blah, blah. Because back in Michigan, they are only looking for, like, it wasn't even life in prison. It was, like, I think seven years or something stupid. So, anyways, it was, like, not a big deal, and now it's like, hey, you guys are going to die. So, it ends up being pretty easy to dismiss, like, his whole it was all Martha thing because he had confessed to everything. And when Martha took the stage, she started discussing her, like, difficult childhood, and she cried about having to abandon her children. She's like, "It was so awful." I'm like, "Seriously, Martha, come on, girl."
0: Having to abandon?
1: <laughs> and this is a quote from Martha. "We loved each other and I consider it absolutely sacred. You referred to the love making as abnormal, but for the love I had for Fernandez, nothing is abnormal. It was it was abnormal." They're weird. Yeah. <laughs> you don't murder for love. So, The trial lasted 44 days and the case then goes to the jury and the jury comes back and Martha and Raymond were sentenced to death. Shocker. Literally. (laughs) 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 So while in prison, Martha and Raymond continue to write letters to each other. And some days it was like they loved each other. Others days they did not. And they would turn on each other. It was clearly toxic. And then on Oh, this whole time, this whole time, by the way, Raymond's still married to his wife in Spain with his four kids there.
0: What was their take on any of this?
1: She thinks, the wife in Spain thinks, that he loved her most of all and that he was just doing this to get money to send to them. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, like, if she knows the whole story or what, but I think she did because she would write to him in prison. Why? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. March 8th, 1951, Martha was the sixth female executed in the state of New York during the 20th century.
0: Well, look at that. Breaking the glass ceiling.
1: Sure. (laughs) (laughs) We should figure out who the first one was. So then, do you want to know what their last meals were?
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting.
1: So... Martha's meal was fried chicken, no wings, french fries, lettuce, and, or sorry, lettuce and tomato salad.
0: Okay, pretty American. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then Raymond wanted ooh, also french fries, an onion omelette, french fries, chocolate, and a Cuban cigar. <laughs> so that's the story of the Lonely Hearts Killers.
0: Well, Danny, thank you. That was a pretty crazy ride.
1: Isn't it always?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel most terribly about the little girl. I thought you were going to say you drowned. feel the
1: love in the air. Oh. I was like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that little girl, of all the people, I like. I wish they would have let her go for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, two days, what was the point of keeping her alive? Like,
0: Yeah. And plus, Martha had already dropped off her own kids at mm-hmm. the Salvation Army. So I'm like, really? You couldn't have dropped off this kid at like a firehouse?
1: Can two-year-olds speak?
0: Yeah, depending on the, on the two-year-old, but yeah.
1: So, like, maybe they're worried she could... Oh, she
0: would rat them out. Mm-hmm. Oof. But it'd be a two-year-old. that'd be Who's going who's gonna to believe a two-year-old, though?
1: I mean, like, they'd probably at least go and check and be like, okay, she's saying her mom died. She can... Yeah. Like, we can at least go check. We know who this kid is.
0: But even when the cops came, they allowed them to search their home without a warrant.
1: They also confessed immediately and then signed a 73-page confession. Yeah. So, <laughs> they're killers. They're not geniuses
0: yeah so if any of you out there want to partner with someone who has brain damage don't uh, yeah don't (laughs) (laughs)
1: not that i mean not that brain damage is like bad it's just it's interesting how it can affect people for sure
0: yeah i mean we we both for
1: i mean brain damage is bad but like
0: yes like it's it's objectively not something you want yes You know, uh, I I, although there are those rare cases. Apparently, certain people who've taken blows to the left side of their head have developed savant abilities. But but that's a very small minority. Most people. What is that savant? Mm -hmm. Like the people who have the ability of like eidetic memory, so they remember either everything or some specific things perfectly. Or they, they suddenly become math geniuses, or suddenly become capable of picking up languages quickly. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I used to joke when I learned about this during my undergrad, I told myself, you know, like towards the end of my life, maybe I'll just ask for a blow to Mm -hmm. the left side of my head.
1: (laughs) That's wild. And see if
0: I develop savant abilities. Because if I do, awesome. If I don't... uh, You're going to die anyways. Yeah, just kill (laughs) me (laughs) anyway.
1: Yeah. Huh.
0: Really about the whole damage to the prefrontal cortex that, that brings to mind one of the most famous case studies about this, Phineas Gage. Mm-hmm. which we covered and anyone who goes through a psych class will, will hear about hear about Phineas Gage. For those of you who haven't heard of him, he was a a foreman during the mid-1800s and they were blasting some rocks. At the time, you would drill holes, put some a blasting rod in there with some black powder and you would use this to like explode the rocks so you could keep digging. <laughs> safe. And, yeah, really safe.
1: Was this before OSHA?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, before. (laughs) (laughs) And at the time, Phineas Gage, you know, was doing this and the rod exploded up and went through his head, like clean through his head, uh, allegedly went through his head and like kept flying for another like several dozen feet.
1: Oh, And took part of his brain with it.
0: Took part of his brain with it. And he was miraculously alive and conscious but he was leaking brain. (laughs) (laughs) So they took him to the doctor. Yep. (laughs) And the story goes, as the doctor's examining him, he coughs up about a teacup's worth of brain, just like out of his mouth. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And this changed Phineas Gage forever. Yeah. Before the accident, he was known to be a pretty like serious by the book, uh, individual like a good foreman a good employee and a faithful and loving husband afterwards he became so impulsive and bad with time management that he couldn't keep his foreman job and he became addicted to gambling and he became uh, what's the word for a cheater like a philanderer yeah yeah he but he basically he just started ch- cheating on his wife a whole bunch and he eventually you know like split ways with them But this is one of the most famous case studies about, so the rod went through and damaged his prefrontal cortex in particular, Mm -hmm. which executive function, decision-making.
1: Impulse control.
0: Impulse control. So it it was sort of the beginning of what we come to understand as the whole, the effect of brain damage to specific parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. Because health-wise, he was pretty much fine.
1: (laughs) Like, just missing part of his brain.
0: Yeah, like it, it's not like he couldn't work like mm-hmm. physically. Yeah. Or like he had any kind of – he would develop health issues down the road. Mm-hmm. But it's not like at that time, at that age, he suddenly was like more prone to being sick. Yeah. It really was primarily that he just changed as a person.
1: Yeah, that's wild. That'd be so difficult because – ugh.
0: Yeah. And imagine – it'd be one thing to be the one going through it because it's just – Like at the end of the day, we are who we are and we're like, we're like a sack of neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. firing away. And that is our personality and who we are as people. Yeah. You change that. People like with depression who, you know, too much or too little serotonin or too much, too little dopamine Mm -hmm. and slight tweaks to our brain chemistry. And we are different people.
1: It's so crazy. Yeah.
0: So to go through it, it would be more gradual, not gradual, but. It's just hard to recognize changes in yourself. Because yeah. Because we're like, we're all gradually changing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to like think back five years ago and be like, what was I like then? Because mm-hmm. it just seems like, like most people think they don't change that much throughout their lives. But they do. But they do. Yeah. But for this, like to be a friend of Phineas Gage.
1: It's like he flipped a
0: switch. Right. And at that point, like, is it the same person?
1: Yeah. It's... Yeah.
0: <laughs> like yeah. I wondered that about his case in particular. Like, at that point, it's like a different person right. with the same face.
1: Yeah. And same body, but like, yeah. it's pretty much a different brain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I've thought about that. Yeah.
1: It's like who you are is your brain, your function, stuff like that. And his change.
0: Yeah. So. Like, I've wondered if you had like a close friend who went through. Brain damage similar to Phineas Gage, but not as violent mm-hmm are they like who are they to you now? Are they still your friend because they have the same voice and the same face and the same
1: yeah, probably, or are just they... different personality <laughs>
0: what they, but 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 isn't that like you're you're friends with the person yeah the personality without that,
1: I feel like people wouldn't. I don't know how to like say what I'm trying to say. Like people wouldn't like toss away somebody because of personality change, you know, unless it was as drastic as Phineas is maybe where you're like, wow, you're cheating on your wife. That's not cool.
0: Yeah. No, I, I get that. Yeah. But, but even then, what if the person, what if the personality didn't change? Like they didn't become less moral. What if they just became different people? Like what if I suffered brain damage and then I got really into crystals and yoga and and I lacked like impulse control. Or I became like more, like chasing women all the time. You know, like what what have like some key aspects changed? Like, wouldn't you be in the right if you were like, you know what? Like, we don't really get along as people anymore. I'm not really into what you're into anymore.
1: As long as you didn't turn extroverted, it'd be fine no. with it. Yeah. And extroverted. Oh God, we're done. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Danny, do you want to come out to a park?
1: No. <laughs> Every weekend? <laughs> Like how many times can I say no before he just drops me naturally never <laughs> uh, no, I mean that person totally has a right to drop somebody if like their personality changes you know mesh
0: yeah I, I mean, mean you
1: have a right yeah. to drop somebody as a friend for anything
0: absolutely, but more philosophically, is that the same person?
1: It's a tough one I'm gonna say it depends on how extensive the brain damage is
0: yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like the like the transporter thing in Star Trek, where like to to teleport.
1: Oh yeah, it's like a fax.
0: Yeah, but like you get like deatomized mm-hmm. and then rebuilds.
1: And yeah, it's like are you the same person? Right. Yeah, it's right. wild. I hate I hate thinking about stuff like this. I'm gonna have an existential crisis later. Just be sitting there in the kitchen like, what are we? <laughs> like, why? God damn it, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: surely that's why like we are our brain
1: like in Futurama there's those heads talking heads you know it's like who they right. are they just don't have a body anymore
0: yeah but like they are who they are yeah exactly I mean, without the body yeah but, but, but you it... take
1: away the brain they're not who they were right yeah okay wait now do you want to hear my true crime story in yes. my life so I was running the other day with Walter mm-hmm. we were running home in there's this person I kind of know who lives in her neighborhood and he was like, he was out doing yard work and I stop and I say hi and we're talking because a house just sold in the neighborhood for like a lot of money. And he's like, yeah, for this price, I would move. And I was like, you're crazy. You could totally get that price. Your house is really nice. And he was like, no, the inside's like not super nice. I remodeled it like a while back, but it's outdated now. And I was like, it doesn't matter. Like right now in this market, you could get that price. And he was like, well, come in, I'll show you. <laughs> And I'm, like, not even thinking about it. I'm, like, okay. Like, yeah, I'm really good with, like, real estate and stuff. It's a hobby of mine. And I go into this guy's house and we're talking and then, like, he mentions how he's divorced and he lives alone. And I'm, like, what the fuck am I doing? I am inside this guy's house and he just pretty much said he lives alone. And, like, yeah, I was just, like, wow, how have I not been murdered? Because this isn't the first time I've done something like this.
0: I mean, okay. Uh, on the bright side, he was clearly not looking to murder you. He was looking to see if you were like interested. Like, oh, I'm single, by the way, <laughs> fishing. So oh, maybe, almost definitely.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but anyways, I was I just mean, like,
0: to be fair to that guy, that could be a normal thing to bring up. Because it's you know if it's if it's top of mind, it's happening to him. Like he's being, he's in the process of being divorced, or it just he just got divorced.
1: It happened a while back.
0: Then how how while back?
1: I didn't ask, but he said it happened a while back because I we were talking about mortgage, and so it came up naturally. But the way he said it, you know how sometimes people say things, and it's like there's like an undertone. Okay. And the undertone was like we're alone, and I was like
0: fuck. Yeah. (laughs) So I think he was more hitting on you
1: i don't know for sure i'll tell you more later but okay. yeah anyways i was just like god damn i run the true kind podcast yeah. and i went into the stranger's house like yeah. what is wrong with me anyways
0: yeah don't do that
1: <laughs> no don't never go to a second location with somebody
0: <laughs> just yeah yeah so. Well, at least Walter was with you so he could watch and not do anything about it.
1: Yeah. No, he's useless. He was like, hey, friend, <laughs> I'm going to sit here and look like a uh, golden retriever. Oh, Walter. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Danny, glad you weren't murdered. Thanks. I mean, if you're going to get murdered, at least make it a woman who kills you. So I, we can... <laughs> so I
1: can be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe I fight back and I murder the person.
0: Oh, and then we could interview you. Yeah. Yeah. While... <laughs> So, Danny,
1: <laughs> how was it murdering? Someone? Yeah. <laughs> well, Gabe, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. I think that's okay. it. Thanks. Cool. Thank right. you all
0: for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, I guess.
1: And um that's it.